0: Hello and welcome to the Arsenal way back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal agenda series joining you at 10am Monday to Friday I'm joined by Bailey how we doing mate we good We well
1: yeah I'm all good I'm all good how are you TC
0: not bad not bad nervous uh, of course ahead of tomorrow uh, season defining game of course but uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it but there is some things that we need to discuss regarding it and around transfer news that's been dropping over the last 24 hours as well good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box hope you're doing good and welcome to harvey to graham to lynn uh gunny guna jm francis rakeen the modern guna as well joining us in the chat box and mafia boss too good to see all of you joining us make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already you'll be able to watch Mikel Arteta's press conference ahead of the north london derby when it comes out a little bit later on this afternoon so turn those notifications on so you don't miss it we kick off today however um with yesterday's press conference and antonio conte Speaking ahead of the derby, still Bailey not over the uh, the postponement in January, still very much on his mind. He was then asked questions about the uh, the Burnley game on Sunday being such kind of close proximity to the derby, and then he realised in that moment that you know he can't complain about that because he'd be called a hypocrite. Do you think that kind of he's talked himself into a number of circles based upon some of these comments?
1: No, I think it's every manager they make excuses. I think they always try to. They use press conferences to get the edge over the over the opposition uh, manager, and they use it also to protect themselves and protect those and protect uh, their players. And that's what Conte does. I think Jürgen Klopp does the same thing. Pep Guardiola does it in a different way, and so does Arteta. I think it's just a natural thing. I think Conte is biasing the rivalry up a little bit, and you can't blame him. You can't blame him. He's not going to be like, oh yes, we like Arsenal, and we're not going to you're not going to complain about fixtures. I think every manager does it. Arteta's also complained about fixtures this season. So it's fair game. It's fair, but I have no issue with it. I think it's natural. Um, they're ready, finally finding excuses just in case Tottenham doesn't get a top four. He's ready using the, the fixture congestion, but mm. it is what it is, hey?
0: Yeah, it is, it is indeed. Um, look, Conte is a manager that's very experienced, knows exactly how to deal with these kind of questions and answers and stuff. He's The mind games are in full flow. I look forward to kind of seeing... What Mikel Arteta comes out with a little bit later on this afternoon, I'm sure we've got plenty to talk about. Um, But what I do expect, uh, Bailey, is to see uh, Arteta in kind of a a bullish mood and trying to get the players and the team up for this game. How difficult is it from Arsenal's perspective to approach it? Because, you know, the pressure is on Spurs to, to win it more than us because, you know, we've got this buffer of four points going into the game. Do you think Arteta will kind of tweak the way in which we're going to approach it? And do you think that we can expect to hear kind of any information about what he's going to approach it with in the presser?
1: Yeah, no, I don't think Arteta will give us any information in in typical Arteta fashion. However, I think when you're going into a match, such a significant match, when you're you're holding on to a a four-point lead, you're holding on to something that you already have in your hands, I think it's only natural... You're going into the game with a defensive mentality. And for that reason, I think we should approach the game with a defensive mentality. I think you don't want to be in a crossroads where you're like, okay, no guys, let's just still, let's still play and let's still go for the attack. But you know you're holding on to something. I think that's a big, big mentality mentality switch where you're defending. We're you're, you're, you're already defending the lead going into the game because we know a draw is a wonderful result. So I think we need to go into the game with the defensive uh, mentality.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's I think we have to be careful about how we approach it. Um, I mean, from the lineup that I'd like to, see, you know, I, I want White and Tommy Asu playing in the fullback positions, holding a Gabriel playing in the middle, because I think that means that, you know, we won't overcommit in terms of those fullback areas. We'll always have enough players back to deal with their their attackers, and it should not open us up too much to the the counter attack, which we know Spurs are so good at, at deploying. But Yeah, yeah. there's always going to be concerns about how you approach, especially considering we've really played into Spurs' hands the last two times we've gone there in the league under Mikel Arteta. Um, But how do you think Spurs will kind of approach the game? Because, you know, they, as we say, you know, they really have to win. If they draw, all Arsenal need to do is win one of their last two games and it's done they win this game, you know, Arsenal's two games are not exactly walks in the park. Newcastle way is, is by no means a simple trip and Everton are a side that are on the up again and trying to fight for their survival. So all of these things combined means that you've got teams that are going to try and take points off Arsenal. So how does Spurs approach it? Do you think that if Arsenal do manage to kind of play in a little bit more passively and, you know, allow Spurs to come on to them, that's probably the best way to approach it? Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm a little bit worried because... Conte is so experienced, and I feel like he won't panic in this situation. It wouldn't surprise me if Tottenham still play the way they play in terms of when they're strongest on the counter attack. It wouldn't surprise me if Tottenham pounce on Arsenal's inexperience and our young team. Maybe they wait for the right moment to to really get upon Arsenal and and, and attack them, but not uh, fully uh, uh, not fully use attacking pressure the whole game. So it wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me because you've seen the season Tottenham have thrived against the big teams when. They've, they've absorbed pressure, waiting for the right moment. Kane's in the hole, out to Son and out to I'm not. It wouldn't surprise me if Conte does utilise that again. It's 90 minutes. It's a long game of football. I think the first half will be very cagey. It'll be tight. I don't think any team will be on the attacking intent. And I think the last 20 to 30 minutes, that's when Conte would fully go, go for the win. Because, yeah. A game can change in two minutes, as you saw with Real Madrid and Man City. So I don't think Conte would be panicking and saying his team all out attack from the first minute. Maybe for the first 5-10, just to test mm. off the defence a little bit. But after that, I think he would go back to how would they usually play.
0: It says, so, Tom, I watched the Conte press conference when he was asked about Thursday. Did you think he didn't seem that confident? I think he's just playing things down. You know, it's, he doesn't want to put any pressure or expectation on, on Tottenham into this game. I've seen the Tottenham fan base are very confident. You know, I, the the responses I see from Spurs fans online has been, it's not been nerves. You know, it's not been concern or worry. They are very confident of getting a result. And to be honest, when you've got as good of a record against Arsenal yeah. at home as you have since 2014, yeah. you know there's a reason to be confident. But I see, despite the uh, the youth in this team, that there is maturity. There is, you know, an understanding. There is a you know, it's 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 really open as to how they understand what Michel Arteta wants from, you know, Arsenal and, and from his his players. And I think that we can approach this game in a smart way. That doesn't mean that we sit back and just absorb pressure. But, you know, we can be dangerous. I think it's going to be about the way... Uh, the midfield's going to be really key. You know, Xhaka and Elneny there, with Odegaard and how they approach it. But the defence should remain disciplined whilst the attack should be looking to try and open up the spaces in between Spurs. Um, speaking of which, you'll we'll be starting up front, Eddie Nketiah, whose allegiance, you know, is switching, it seems, from England to Ghana, uh, Bailey, which is... Mm-hmm. Great for the Ghanaian national side, getting a player of, of Nketiah's quality. Um, I think it was it Asamoah Gian that used to, you know, the experienced yeah. Ghanaian forward. So they've got, you know, Nketiah as the younger uh, prodigy coming through to take that position. Now you've got Andre ayo and, and Jordan Ayer as well, of course, and our very own Thomas Partey. Callum Hudson-Odoi also making yeah. the switch, it seems like as well. I was kind of approaching this in an interesting way. Do you think there's an argument that... With the African Cup of Nations every two years, you know, forming a bit of an issue for clubs like that. Is it an incentive to say maybe, you know, in Ketia, there's a little there's a mark against keeping him now. He might be operating in the AFCON?
1: No, I think that's unfair. I think that's unfair. I think we can't sign a player simply because he's going to represent his mm. international team for a few games. I think that's why you have squad depth. I think, of course, it did affect Mohamed Salah and Liverpool. I think Salah came back and his, his goal scoring record was yeah. Was was completely ruined after that. But then Sajo Marne came back and look how it, how it improved his performances as well. So it can go either way. As we said, I don't think Nketiah was ever going to be Arsenal's number nine. He knew that as well. So I don't think it would affect us in that sense. I don't think if, we, if we're solely focusing on Eddie Nketiah mm-hmm. if he was to go to African competitions, that shouldn't be a factor whether we offer him a new contract or not. But yeah, yeah it, it, it does have a factor. But for me, not enough to say, OK, we're not signing him or... We're not offering them a new contract.
0: Yeah, the reason I asked is because I remember us doing shows where we were talking about players like Bissouma um, yeah. and whether we should sign them. And, you know, a lot of the responses would be that we shouldn't sign them because, you know, we're going to lose them for a month in in January. But we need to have the depth, as you say, to cover those positions. Um, but yeah, we, we've seen so many... I mean, Jürgen Klopp's falling into the trap of, you know downplaying the AFCON um, and, you know, re- and putting across some insulting words unintentionally at times. And I think that people do need to be careful about talking about whether or not Eddie and Ketia, uh, that's an incentive not to keep him. And I think that, you know, if anything, he's getting into an international tournament, that could be really beneficial for in terms of his experience, his development. But my honest opinion is I don't think he'll stay. I think he will end up going at the end of the season. West Ham seem a likely destination right now. Uh, and it would make sense for him to replace Antonio, who's not at the best of seasons at all, um, and move forward from there. So Nketiah, fair play to him. And I think he's probably made the right switch because it was unlikely he was going to be getting into the England team anytime soon. soon. Um, so, you know, fighting for that Ghanaian starting spot is going to be good for his his career, along with Callum Hudson-Odoi as well. Possibly
1: um, uh, Nucky Williams as well. Ghana created create a very good team
0: really i didn't know that that's interesting um it's mad that spain never called in yakki williams up i mean he's a player that at what 27 yeah just checking that 27 he you know, I think he's played, I think he's the most consistent La Liga player. Uh, he plays like every minute of every game. Yeah. He's like the James Will Prowse of, <laughs> of La Liga. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's a very, very decent team that they're, they're building. They've already got Thomas Parta, as we know, mm-hmm. so they're yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because I remember Ghana used to be a, a dominant force now for African yeah. football and then it dipped slightly, didn't it? So, mm-hmm. um, maybe they're coming back um, with some really, really quality players. Um, continuing kind of looking ahead in, and in terms of transfers uh, and also, how you think Arteta might approach some of his questioning with this because after this game you know if we if we manage to win and we manage to get into the Champions League all focus will turn to transfers and third place which is still up for grabs but do you think that Arteta's going to get questions in regarding to transfers in these last few weeks that he'll have any idea about how to answer because we know he does like to keep things very close to his chest
1: Yeah I think he's learned from Pep in terms of transfers mm. and how to approach when asked about certain players and I think that will that will continue. I don't know why he would change. Maybe if once one player, let's say for example, uh, Gabriel Jesus is is almost a done deal, maybe he'll give us a little hint about yeah, it's done. Like he'll give us a cheeky hint, not say he's done, but it will almost like uh, signal that it's that a deal is possibly close. Uh, I know bef- before when Flavich, I remember he would hint as well. He'd give cheeky hints in the January chance window, about uh, bringing Flavich not directly but indirectly. So. Maybe there could be some of that, but I doubt he would just come out and say, yes, Champions League's confirmed, so now we're going to sign this player, this player, this player. Maybe he'll give out hints. It does improve our chances of signing top players, but definitely not directly.
0: Mm, yeah. if you, I mean, was, the reason why I asked, I want to ask you the question of, if you could ask one question, one regarding the North London derby and one regarding transfers strategically to try and get a little inkling from him, how would you approach asking him a couple of questions?
1: I think for the transfer window, I would ask, are you looking to sign players from domestically for domestic reasons, for example, in the mm. Premier League, or are you looking to expand your expand your range? Because if it's the Premier League, then we know we kind of get an idea of the direction we're going in. But if it's not the Premier League, then you think of players like Cody Gakpo, Victor Osimhen and uh, Fabian Ruiz, for example, and those type of players. But then if he says Premier League, then you're looking at T elements, Gabriel Jesus, Ruben Neves... And players like that, so that would be the question I would answer. I would ask, ask sorry, in the in the press conference. But for the North London derby, I'd be careful because I wouldn't want him to expose any tactics he's uh, possibly going, possibly going to utilize. So I'd be very cautious myself if asking a question about the North London derby. I wasn't asking about the approach or, or any of those questions. I'd maybe asking about the the confidence of the team and and how they're feeling, but not to, not again to put pressure on the young squad.
0: Yeah I think I'd try and play the questions towards the Spurs angle so asking him, do mm-hmm. you think the pressure's on Spurs in this game are you expect what you're kind of expecting from them are they gonna to have to come out and attack us because the the emphasis is on them to win the game so I probably would go down that route and in regards to transfers I like the questions you've asked there about kind of the domestic side of things are we going to continue on this path of trying to go for proven Premier League talent or, or push into the market in terms of the continent I think you probably get an answer on the lines of you know we're just going to assess whoever's available and if they're good enough they're good enough regardless of where they're kind of coming from but I think there has been an improvement in the way in which we've looked at the English leagues in terms of bringing in talent from there Um, and we're seeing some really good links I think ahead of this summer. Gabriel Jesus and Sterling, he was asked in the last press conference about whether or not Champions League affected his plans and he was reluctant to give kind of a clear answer but it was obvious in what he did say that Obviously, the Champions League would help Arsenal to secure some of their top signings this season. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, Into the chat box, uh, let's have a look at what you guys are saying. Let's go to Afsar. says, their stands are so close to the pitch and it would be noisy and very intimidating for our young players uh, next uh, in, in the game against Spurs. Graham says, if you limit the space in behind, then you have a chance of nullifying their attack. Spurs' better results this season have been when they have countered on to other teams. Richie says, to be fair, Spurs are the kings of White Hart Lane against most teams. Arsenal will be just another team, unless we have the luck on our end, like the bridge last season. We cannot win this game. Not confident there from Rich. Uh, Keith, though, asking the point, saying... Um, on, oh, this is on a show we did last night. Do you remember the sweeper system? It was used a lot in the past. Do you think it would work? It could again, like against Spurs. The sweeper system being where you've got three centre halves and the middle centre half plays kind of that sweeping role across them. Um, I'm not sure that's the route to go in this game. I think that, as I've said before, the back four of White. Uh, holding Gabriel and Tommy Assam is probably the best way to build that foundation with Jacques and Elneny in front so I don't think you necessarily need to go through the sweeper system um, we are going to wrap things up there we'll have a couple more shows for you ahead of the North London Derby including tomorrow's main preview agenda show um, which we'll be back for of course uh, and then we'll have a post-match show uh, which is going to be hopefully a big celebration, fingers crossed a big celebration indeed Bailey thank you so much mate for coming on the show, really appreciate it
1: Thank you, TC, as always, and everyone in the comment section as well.
0: Absolutely. Turn those notifications on because you'll be able to watch about Mikel Arteta's pre-North London Derby press conference when it's out a little bit later on this afternoon. And more content to come for you as well. We will see you very, very soon. And as always, keep following us down. The Arsenal way.